Welcome in, everybody. Welcome into. Uh, hi, Matt. Uh, hey. Welcome into Rolling on Accessibility Episode Six. Today we have a special guest today. I'm really excited. Our yeah. first dev interview on the show. Uh, Matt Larrabee of Greylock Studios and yeah. developer behind Silver Seal. Welcome in. Joining Thank us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, me too. Us too. I've been excited. Last week we had Ian Hamilton, like the godfather of accessibility, and now we've got nice. Matt. And so uh, I kind of just reached out to Matt after playing Severed Steel during the the Steam um, Next Fest and mm -hmm. really enjoyed the game. I was like, we should have him on because I, like, I thought the accessibility settings behind the game were, were really cool and interesting. And so here we Thank are you. now. Um, Vivek, you wanted to ask a question, the uh, icebreaker question, to start yeah. us off. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, um, which games are you playing at the moment, and if you, if you have free time, what 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 games are you playing besides uh, your own, or what do you do to relax? Yeah, I definitely, I don't really, I'm not really playing any games besides Severed Steel now, trying to uh, get the game finished for launch. I think the last game I played before I really like threw myself into getting this finished, I played Valheim a bit with friends. That was pretty fun. Um, to relax now, I, I, I guess I just do yard work. I mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I do for fun when I'm not working on the game. Very nice. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Like, even put even like since you got Sarah still went to close beta this week uh, yeah. for those who yeah. got access and stuff. And then um, you had like two bugs. You've already had like two hot patches or whatever, like already this week. And so I imagine that you're coding like crazy and and trying to get everything, all the feedback through the whole t the whole time. So, yeah, can... I'm trying to fix bugs as soon as I as soon as I see them. It's tricky. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So speaking of like game development, how did you kind of get into it? I kind of saw that you were like a middle school computer science teacher as like a background. I think I saw that on the press kit. Um, yeah, yeah. So like it's an interesting start. And how did you kind of like, I guess, change that from going from like, um, you know, teacher to, to game dev? Yeah, it's a, it's a hobby that kind of got out of hand. I just, I'd work on games as a hobby, like before work and after work and started posting stuff to Reddit and Twitter. And then publishers started reaching out to me, which which really surprised me. And before I knew it, I was negotiating publishing deals. And I mean, one day I found myself with funding to work on Severed Steel full time. Um, so I don't know how intentional I ever was about getting into game. It was always a dream, but uh, it kind of hit me suddenly like the whole notion of it actually being a way to make a living um, yeah uh yeah so i'm happy i made the transition but uh it's still pretty surprising it's still pretty hard to believe when did you make that like kind of transition or like is it was i guessing it wasn't recent i'm guessing it's been a couple of years since you kind of did that i'd say i started working on severed steel full-time a little bit more than a year ago um maybe like a year and a, and a couple months and I started working on games as a hobby maybe three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's about the timeline. Nice, that's cool. Um, Thanks. Antonio, you oh. had a question. Yeah, um, how did you come up with the idea for Silver Steel? And what were some of your inspirations for this game? So uh, the idea kind of came to me when thinking about like 
what would like my dream game be that has like a reasonable scope like a dream game that's not like an epic open world rpg like something little something that like a solo dev could do um so the idea kind of came to me for like a stylish shooter with a destructible environment um that was the core concept that i've been working on and it just kind of hit me suddenly on like a on like, i was taking like a long bike ride and then the idea just kind of hit me and i've been running with it since the inspirations um i mean there's some kind of more obvious ones which are true like max Payne is a big inspiration super hot's a big inspiration fear which was a, it was a shooter for pc i think it's like over a decade old now that's a big inspiration and Half-Life mods, there are some really unique Half-Life mods from way back in the day. Particularly one called The Specialists, which was also like a stylish shooter. Um, so yeah, just a lot of shooters that I loved. I'm kind of shoving them all together to make Severed Steel. Yeah, How did, you, are there ahead, some sorry. really nice... Thank you, uh, thank you. Extra features outside of the of the shooting in general. That's, that's really interesting for me. Sure. How did how did you uh sorry Antoine I didn't mean to cut you off how did you come up with the the name Severed Steel did this like hit you while you were bike riding or doing yard work No it was it was first called Impact and that name got taken actually pretty shortly before I found my publisher someone else published a game called Impact so it was untitled for a long time and then uh it took a long time to think of a name and i think someone at my publisher just kind of threw out severed steel which at the time had no meaning it was just kind of putting together just like two random words um but then we went with the title mostly because we couldn't think of anything better and then eventually i was like well the, the main character she loses her arm in the pro it, before the game starts so she severed her arm so that kind of explains that half of the title and at the time her name was Eve and I was like well if I rename her Steel all of a sudden the title has meaning because it's Severed Steel it's about this character who loses her arm um, so I guess the name just sounded cool and then we kind of patched in meaning after the fact um, although the character from the, from pretty much the start had, had only had one arm the Severed connection didn't come till later it was just like a weird a weird order of events but that's how the name came to be yeah um did you, I guess, always imagine like the character having one arm or is that kind of just like something that happened or you wanted to focus on or not focus on that, but like incorporate that idea? Yeah, it was, it was probably two or three months into me starting the project. So at the first, I guess in the start, the character was just this, um, just this generic protagonist in the sense that the character was just like the character model that comes with Unreal Engine for a while. And then I got to the point where I started thinking about, well, who is this character actually going to be? Like, what makes them an interesting character? What makes them someone you want to play who stands out from other characters? And just like, just I was just kind of exploring like all different avenues, like what this person could be like. Um, and I, I don't know where the, the concept of one arm came to me. It was just kind of in like the storm of thinking of ideas uh and then in my mind really started turning about like well what does that mean for gameplay what does that mean for the character's story and her and their personality and um i decided to just to try it without committing to it like i just i just tried messing with gameplay mechanics that might evolve from only having one arm such as not reloading in combat um, that was the big one and like the different gameplay that would arise from that 
and then I, I guess at the at the at the time I didn't I didn't have a publisher. It was just me working on the project, so I was I was pretty free to make decisions like that and to explore them. So I just decided I would just stick with that idea, and then it just worked out. I don't know if there was ever like a clarifying moment where I was like, "This is what I will do," but it's just yeah. an experiment that just worked, and I never I never went back on it. Nice. Um, that is, I find that interesting because like some you get it like a lot of like game days like we need to incorporate like an inclusive or a different person in in a character in a game but you like kind of went a different route like it just kind of happened and it felt like it was part of the game and not just we need to force this in here um per se um yeah that's fair yeah i just it was never intentional it was just like in the storm of ideas it was one one idea that that just happened to take off yeah and also it's like that you're mixing gameplay with narrative which that that kind of always works really for representation of disability yeah i think i I mean the gameplay really is what helped me decide to stick to it because i I think it's it just i think i think the whole mechanic i feel just adds the fact that you can't reload and the, the character has these interesting abilities to make that work for her i think um, I think that's really a huge part of the gameplay. Um, and that was a huge part of me deciding to commit to this character. Um, moving on to kind of like this week has been like a big, uh, storm of like difficulty settings with the mm-hmm. Psychonauts 2 announcing, yes. um, the invincibility mode. How did you come up with like the different current difficulty settings? And are you worried about like negative reviews from players, like regarding like incorporating difficulty settings and a game being like That's feeling it should be a harder it should give me a challenge versus like everyone should experience mm. sever steel yeah i mean uh, yeah i guess if someone were to give it a negative review because there were difficulties that were too easy like i i feel like with reviews there's some there's always going to be some amount of negative reviews that you can't help yeah so if someone gave me a thumbs down on steam because they didn't like that they're easier difficulties <laughs> I guess to me, that's just like I was. I don't think I was ever gonna win that person over. That's just that's just how that has to be. Yeah. Um, and I guess if I had to, if I had to talk to them, like I'd ask them, like, there's different ways to configure the game to get that challenge. Like, couldn't you just set up the options in a way that makes you feel challenged? I don't know what they would say to that. Um, I guess I'm not particularly worried about it because there's nothing. There's just nothing I can do. That person's gonna feel the way they feel, and I don't think I can do anything about that. Yeah. Um, well, you, right now, for those who haven't played the game, there's like five different difficulty settings when I last time I played it during the demo. Correct. Yep. Uh, it's still correct. Um, and they vary and get harder as you as you go up in the difficulty from like, you can always slow down and then the ammo is different yep. and, and different things like that. Was yep. that kind of like trial and error on trying to find the right ones um, that you thought were, you know, that hit the you know, that increased in challenge. Cause you don't really have like a set. This is easy. This is normal. This is hard. It's kind of like a, like a tier type system with different settings enabled and disabled. Yeah. So the way I approached it was more like, I mean, it is, you could look at it as easy to hard, but it's more like, like what experience are you looking to have? Mm-hmm. Um, and like molten steel is like are you are you someone who just wants like every game mechanic to be working against you and it's really just like 
the game's not trying to be your friend. Like the game is against yeah. you. And the first one's more like you're just looking to like like Cold Steel um is more like you're just looking to kind of get into the flow, you're looking to play with the game systems, you're looking just to feel like a hero. Um but you can still you can still lose. The enemies are still shooting at you. There there is still a threat. Um mm-hmm. but you're able to kind of flow more. Um and and everything in between is like a, is, is like just like a gradient on that. Just like uh the game's either trying to give you a hand or the game's trying to push against you. Um, and it, it's just it's just kind of let players choose you know what they're in the mood for are you do you have an idea in the future to have like just like a custom one where i can like or a player i say i like i'm gonna like i'm definitely gonna play it in the future obviously yeah but uh be able to um customize all the settings that included in all of those five and then you can just customize whatever you want like if you had like a sliding scale for how much speed bar that re like yeah. gets refunded and stuff i don't know if you've had that idea of like just having a custom mode or whatever no it's it's a it's definitely something i've thought about because the way the difficulty works there's like these different discrete things that i flip on or off per difficulty honestly the only the only thing that would um have me not do that is just if i can get the ui right mm. um it's definitely something it's definitely something on my mind um it's not 100% sure on the to-do list, but it's something I've been thinking about for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Antonio, you have a question about yeah. pacing. So I was thinking that, you know, Silver Steel is a game that is very fast-paced, Yeah. but makes a very interesting use of slowing down time, mm. even giving the player the choice to use it all the time if they want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's giving this the player this freedom to play their way, um, a key part of your vision as a developer. Yeah, like, so like slow motion, it lets you kind of think a bit. It lets you use your brain more than your reactions, I guess you could say. And that, that was always that was always like why I think slow motion is so cool in shooters. Like it helps. Like slow motion can make a, a first-person shooter kind of feel like a puzzle sometimes because it lets you think about the environment more. Um, but different players want different amounts of that. Some of my players play with no slow mo. In fact. Um, so I definitely, from the start, I thought about slow-mo is optional and unlimited slow-mo is optional. Like it's, it's there as much as the player wants it. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's worked out because when watching people play, I see people have slow-mo on all the time. I see people have deactivate slow-mo and I like the players can kind of choose that for themselves. Yeah. I was definitely playing, oh God, I was definitely playing with like the slow-mo turned on all the time just to make it it's less button you have to press to toggle it on and off yeah um, yeah 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 my same experience uh, i've been playing on the second difficulty level um nice. not cold steel but the second one but nice. then sometimes i prefer to go back to the other one depending on the situation so yep. that's something that i wanted to ask you too about controlling speed uh, as you mentioned it's a feature that changed the gameplay a lot and yeah. it's a feature that is requested in many games like platformer arcades yeah. Were you aware yep. of the accessibility benefits that it had or that it can offer to many people when you implemented it? Or was that like something that you realized later? So not that I think I didn't realize the scale of it. Like for me, I did, I did realize that, you know, different players have different, you know, at, like, um, different, like 
like everyone aims a little differently. And I knew the one thing I definitely knew is that slow-mo could help everyone uh, aim. Like it, it kind of levels the playing field for aiming. Um, and also I realized it would also help with some of the parkour, like navigating the wall running. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I started watching people play until I realized like slow motion can pretty much make every aspect of the game more accessible. Um, uh, yeah, it didn't really hit me until I watched, I watched people play how much it could help. Personally, nice. for me, it's helping really a lot with movement because, as I mentioned, mm. in some times um, I play with voice commands, so you I need to think before I do things. Mm -hmm. And in a game that is so fast, uh, playing mm -hmm. is in slow motion is giving me not only the time to think, but to nice. execute my commands and also take the game in a different approach. Like, I want to do this, like you said, you know, I want yep. to think this way. And also for cognitive, also can be very very powerful because uh, yes. sometimes you can get overwhelmed. So I, yes. I think it's, it's really, really nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, because even like like in AAA games, they don't really have like speed controls. And it's, it's good to see like indie games having a lot more of those slow options and things like that. Because yeah, it, it gets pretty difficult. That's a good point that like, even if a game doesn't have slow-mo as like a, like a, a feature, like in the sense that like, it's like a slow-mo shooter, it still could be an option, you know, just reduce the game yeah. speed by one fourth. It could, uh, yeah, it's, I've never really thought of it like that, but I think there's a lot of potential there for sure. Do you, do you feel like I, I used to love pat forwards, but I can't really play them because they're really fast paced and things. Yeah. So yep. I would help that. I did have it still really for me. Um, I was gonna ask because you said we brought up, or you think I brought up any dead versus AAA. Do you feel like as a as a solo or somewhat solo dev, you have a little bit more freedom to kind of implement what you um what you see like your own vision or, and like accessibility or what other options like you know I want it this way, so I'm just gonna do it. Or do you have to like as like a chain of command that you have to like kind of go through? I have a lot of freedom. Um, I, I try to loop my publisher into big decisions. Mm. Um, but for example, for this in this closed beta, I'm just it's the feedback goes right through me to the game. There's 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 no um, I'm not checking in with the publisher about which feedback I should listen to. That being said, we will we will have meetings about the feedback and talk about it. That yeah. that happens in parallel, but there is a direct line between like me and the game and the users, um, and that and that helps. So that helps. I mean, there's something that it's it's the classic conflict between like making a decision as a group and having like one executive figure who can just have like a clear vision. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I really like that I can get right to it. And I think for Severed Steel, it's worked out. Um, I don't know if that's always the case for every game, um, but I really like how much control I have over the game. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you're you're just like. You're getting feedback I mean, right now during close, but I had talked about it earlier, but you getting, you already have two hot patches this week already. And like, I'm sure you'll have more as the week goes yep. on. And, and yep. it's actually like such a fast turnaround to like people playing and like, they're going to get your changes through this whole week to like play them and, and try them again before yeah. uh, the week is over. Cause it's only open for like a week. Um, Vic, you know, I had a question, I believe. Yeah, I was um, I just wondering when 
when he first became aware of accessibility, was he a kind of Turing developer to after or, or? It was right, I think it was right when I started seriously considering having a one, uh, having a character with one arm. Because at that moment, like, as I was thinking about that character, one of the things I realized was like, if the character has one arm, you should probably be able to play the game with one arm. Like, it would seem bizarre to me that to have a one-armed protagonist, but you need two hands to play the game. Like, that just seemed like a... It just seemed weird to me. So it was as soon as that... As soon as I decided to have that character, I was like, well, so the game should be able to play with one arm. And then that that that, that opens up all sorts of thoughts about accessibility. Um, so that was, like, the moment where accessibility struck me as something worth uh, looking into. Uh... Do you, are there things, I guess, accessibility-wise that you're, like, looking for, like, more feedback on or, like, you want to implement? I know you have, like, colorblind modes, and I think there may be some UI settings that have been a while since I've played. I don't, is there things that you want feedback on to, from other players that maybe in the, I don't know, you do, you're doing closed beta right now, but I don't yeah. know in the future if you have other plans. Um, we can talk about that later, too, uh, like, what the future of Silversteel looks like, but... Um, is there things you're looking that you want extra feedback from like different player base that you don't have right yeah. now? Yeah, I'd say right now I don't, I haven't, to my knowledge, um, no one with a hearing impairment has played the game or if they have, they haven't given me feedback. Okay. Um, the game is not, there's no dialogue that's essential and all the objectives are told through text and I, the text so it was funny reading through Ian's Twitter. I'm like, is my text big enough? Like, I'm not sure my text is big enough right now. So I'm going to go back and look at that. But also stuff like you, if, if, if you can't really hear the game, you might not hear gunshots. And I have no visual indication of gunshots. So that's like the unexplored frontier in Severed Seal for accessibility. I don't know how the game plays without sound. We could probably, uh, we could, I could probably connect you with some people and we oh could my gosh. figure out, we could figure yeah. out a Because I remember I saw your patch notes, I think was the latest one, or you have a, now you have a new sound for when you're out of ammo now. And so I'm sure you don't have an indicator for that. So I'd be it, interested so, to see. There is, on the, well, on, there's a light on the gun, but people don't seem to notice it mm -hmm. because it's not very obvious. Um, anyways, but yes, the sound is the largest indicator. Where enemies are is all sound. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this I would love. I'd be happy to send anyone a key who's interested in trying it out. Cool. If anybody that's watching this that has is deaf or hard of hearing would like yeah, to yeah, just any yeah with a disability or whatever that has a yeah. hearing um, disability, Please. make sure to reach out uh, to Matt on Severus. So you can DM him on Twitter either Severus Steel or the Matt W something. Yep. I don't remember the other one. So Matt W. Uh, it's all. It's just yeah. If you just Google Severus Steel, you'll yeah, you find, find a way to reach. Yep, you'll find a way. I would uh, like to ask something. Um, go ahead. You have considered about, you have said about, you know, the deaf and hard of hearing uh, mm. aspect of the community. And mm. what about low vision? Because for low vision, for example, uh, you are talking mm. about the sound. And it's noted that I noticed the game has really uh, good sound. It's very clear. Yeah. Uh, that's giving out of information. Uh, do yeah. you know also find feedback for people with like blindness or low vision? Because the game already had like good contrast, like, you know, the yeah. sort of darkness in the background and the yeah. brights have like outlines where you have an option for outlines for enemies, which I mean, yeah. I am using and I don't have any kind of visual problem, okay. but it's yeah. very helpful. Are you looking for that feedback too? Yeah, I've, 
Actually, uh, yeah. So again, to my knowledge, I don't know if anyone with vision impairments at least hasn't told me about the game. Here, people, here's saying people definitely have given me feedback about visual clarity. They haven't specified if they feel they have an impairment. Yeah. But I have gotten a lot of feedback on visual clarity. Um, if anyone who wants to focus on that wants a key, I'd love to give one. Um, the enemy outlines are a big. That's like that was a big thing. The first demo didn't have that, and a lot of people couldn't uh, couldn't differentiate enemies from their environment. So that was a big one, and a larger HUD elements is definitely on the to do, mm -hmm. and I think that might help with that a bit. Um, but yeah, like I said, if uh, reach out to me if if you want to test the game in that in that way for sure. Yeah, I love that. I yeah, Antonio has someone that is low vision. I think that works for his for his website. Um, uh, so you definitely he'll be able to hook you up with someone that's low vision you. there. Thank you. Uh, but I definitely I love the fact that you're like you're so involved in the community and like the feedback and communication is like almost instant. Like you're in the Discord and like you were like, hey, I don't like this or this isn't working this way. And you're like, how do you can you show me a video or like all this stuff? So it's yeah. like really cool you. that you're like very open with the community. And I think that also helps with like you're willing to even connect with like the disabled community too and like i reached yeah. out to you and i was like dude i can play this with like my voice and and play one-handed yeah. and you're like dude that's awesome and so yeah it's pretty cool to like being able that you're so open to like all this feedback like a sponge and you're like okay this is cool i'll, I'll change it this way for you and you know different things so um i don't know if that was like always the plan or if it's like just how it kind of just kind of happened that way I guess for me, I'm just thrilled that people are playing the game, you know? Like, I yeah. think a lot of indie devs put out really cool games and just roll of the dice, they don't get traction. So I'm just so happy to have thoughts at all about the game. Um, and I, I, I think I want the game to be as good as it can. I want as many people to enjoy it as, as possible. So I'm just appreciative that people are willing to... You know, it's kind of a pain to upload a clip. You know, it's not always easy to take a clip and crop it and upload. Mm -hmm. Discord has all these file limits, and sometimes yeah. people have to crop it beneath that. So it's a two-way street. Like, it's not easy for people to give me feedback, and I appreciate that they do that. Uh, Vivek, you had a question on, like, uh, speaking of, we were, like, dev devs and designing. Go ahead, Vivek. Yeah. What would you say to other devs you think that designing for accessibility might be too difficult or challenging? Mm. So I think, I mean, there's a lot of answers to that. I think the most obvious one is like, it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, like, I guess if you have a game, your, your goal should be to provide joy to as many people as you can. So I think it's the right thing to do. I, but I don't think that argument on its own will convince everybody. Um, so I think also like, I think it just makes by focusing on accessibility stuff, it just makes your game better overall um, for everybody. Like, so when I was designing Severed Steel for people to be able to play with only one hand, there were some features I added in that ended up becoming default features for everybody who plays. Like, when your character's out of ammo, you'll automatically uh, pick up a nearby full weapon. Yeah, yeah. And that was originally an accessibility feature that was off by default and then i realized that the game is just better that for me i just like the game more that way so that's on by default um there's other stuff like like when you kick it'll auto lock on to 
who it thinks you're trying to kick. Like that might have just been an accessibility feature. Now that's just a default game feature. So I think that it's just it just makes your game better. Like regardless of the of the ethics of having accessibility, it just makes a better game. Period. And it's just worth your time. So uh, it's worth making the time for. I highly, I highly, highly encourage devs to uh, make the time to think about that stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's funny that you say that because of. Like I think one of the goals you have for it, like to create this like fluid challenge for the player. Yes. And yes. so I think the auto pickup and you having that in like definitely definitely accomplishes like that goal of yours. And so whether it was an accessibility feature or not, you know, everyone uses it. Like people use yep. subtitles and different things when they watch shows. So I think that's yeah. a big that's a big True. part of it. So um Yeah. Yeah. Antonio, go ahead. Yeah, a question. Um what are some of the challenges you have, you have faced through the development process? Because they have must have been few, right? Uh, so challenges for accessibility or just challenges in general? In general. Uh, I mean, yeah, geez, I mean, every day is a challenge. Uh, crap, I mean, it's, it's uh, premium performance, getting it to run well on all the systems is a challenge, trying to balance. I'm getting a lot of feedback, trying to balance what's worth pursuing, um, what feedback is just for, for whatever reason I just I just can't get to. Um, just trying to find enough time in the day to put it all together and to get it all out uh, by launch. Um, the whole thing's a challenge that I don't I don't regret partaking in, but it's it's been tough, um, but it's been worth it for sure. Another yeah. accessibility aspect. So yeah, so for that, it's, um, I mean, so there's the whole, like, anxiety about, like, someone trying to play, like, I guess failing, like, someone trying to play it and me feeling as if I failed to make the game accessible. Mm -hmm. um, and just, yeah, this the, the, just the fear of that. Um, I think, honestly, designing accessibility, it's, it's not that hard, only because there's a lot of resources available and people are pretty clear about what they feel they need. Um, and it's usually, it's not huge. It's not like, I, I've never had to, I've never had to, to, um, to change the core of the game, I feel, to make it accessible. Like, I, I feel like it, it's just, it's just little things on the periphery can make a huge difference. Um, yeah, I guess the hardest part is just like, how's it? How's it going to land? Is it going to work or is it, it going to be a disaster? Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I understand. I think I, I understand your, your anxiety of that. I feel like that's a that's a big one just because like people play so differently and everyone yes, plays so differently. Yeah. And it's like it's hard yeah. to like. But I think you've done such a good job of like casting a wide enough debt with with all the different options that you have. That, yeah. And then I feel like I don't know. I uh, The three of us in the disabled community and in, on Twitter and accessibility, I feel like I don't know. Uh, at least I'm not very negative. None of us are very negative when it comes to like, I can't play this game or anything like that. And like, usually we'll reach out and like, yeah. especially with you being so communicative, I think you shouldn't worry about like the negative aspect of like people not being able to play it. And like, especially if they can go, if you only change this little thing, I'll be able to play it better. And like, okay, I can make that little change or something. So I wouldn't worry too much on like the scourge of, I guess, the disabled community coming after you or anything like that. Uh, in the future at least like, from from my opinion i don't know there could be some bad apples out there i don't know i don't know everyone but um especially yeah. on the internet the internet is 
is just full of crazy people anyways but uh, uh yeah i think that's yeah it's just like it's just general fear of the internet i don't think it's, i don't think a, a specific community um but i i do i do agree just at least from perusing um the community on twitter of um you know gamers with a focus on accessibility it's pretty it's pretty positive and reasonable there's it's not I mean, especially compared to just like the ge the general gaming community at large, which um, isn't always very positive. I'll, I'll send you the uh, we have there's a the game sig for accessibility Discord channel. Oh, and thank you. you. Yeah, to, you might be able to find some people in there too to play and play thank test you. and then get ideas. So remind yeah. me to do that to send it to you as well if I forget. Absolutely, um, thank you. I think it's my turn to ask question. Uh, the game includes some pretty cool accessibility options or inclusive design practices i think we already kind of already touched on this like did you plan on them from the start or did, i mean did you have like a thing of like i want these these kind of options in in place from the beginning or did you have to like kind of develop them as you as you go because like ian will talk about like obviously it costs more money if you put it in the later you wait to put in accessibility functions the more you have to you know change mm. to change the game and do point. things it's an interesting point yeah yeah like i said um as soon as I thought of the character was really when I started thinking about accessibility. Um, but it's it's still it's still like a it's a moving process, you know, like there's still you know, as I get more feedback I'll have to change it. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm sure post launch I'll be patching in features. That's just kinda how game dev works now with with the ability to instantly push patches. Yeah. Um so yeah, from the start but also ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean it's good that like you have that vision of like I have so much time to to patch a thing um, yeah. and make changes because yep. I feel like sometimes games just release and then it's like you don't hear for them for like months or whatever. Uh, no, I'll be yeah. The launch day, I'll be on the Discord. I'll be there. Yeah, you notes know, of all the bugs. Yeah, I'll be there. Um, I think I have one more question. Uh, so the re rate the way I found out about the game was through Steam's Next Fest. Can you can you talk about like that process of like submitting a demo and being a part of it, and, like how that worked? Because that's kind of new since the pandemic has started. And like I love, I think all three of us love the ideas of like mm -hmm. being able to play demos because that allows us to play a game without like having to spend the money and see if we can play it yep. and all that yep. stuff. So yep. I love to hear about like the process of like kind of how that works. And I would love for Steam to continue to do these things and devs to be to be a part of it. Yeah, so um, my publisher did a lot of the sign-up process, but from what I understand, is like a few months before the event, um, Valve notified everyone on the store that you can sign up for this event. And I think the requirement was you had to have like a playable demo like a week before the event. It was something like that. Um, uh, I, I don't... I think they were pretty lenient. Like, I think anybody, if you if you had a game on the store, I think you could just enter. I'm not sure there was like a stringent review process. Um, and then as for, so did, I'm curious how you found it. Did, were you scrolling a particular category or did it hit you on the front page? Do you remember where you uh, saw it? I think the I went through all the categories because I like every time they have these events, I like to like go through and like see what the next games because nice. that's like how I like how I found like Loop Hero and. The last spell, I kind oh. of found those games, and so I was like looking through. I was like, "Oh, this seems cool," um, and I think I heard it through another podcast or gaming show as well. It's like one of the things, that, like nice. upcoming games and and different things, and so I just downloaded it and and played it and nice. like fell in love. Like 
nice. from that point on. So like, that's how we kind of how we got here. So, um, did you do you ever think about like leaving the demo up? Because I know it got taken down. You can't play the demo anymore. Is that like something mm-hmm. that you've that you've thought about? Like so, more players can just experience um, it before they want to buy it or whatever. When that when that point comes. Yeah, we've. Uh, I don't think we've concluded any final plans. We kind of go back and forth. As far as these past demos, it's been really nice for me because like, like I get a bunch of feedback. And then I take the demo down, so it's like a freeze on the feedback, and I can focus on fixing it. Mm-hmm. And then I put another demo up, so it helps. It helps me like go into like gather feedback and address feedback mode. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. We've 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 talked about both ideas. Um, there's going to be at least one more closed beta for people who want to learn the level editor. There's going to be a level editor, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, yeah, we might have some something for the public to try uh I'll, I'll keep you in the loop about what we decide cool yeah that sounds good i think i, I like having the demo there and then we give us more i guess time to set it up and play and then decide if we yep. want to spend the money or not which i i think more games um should do that well i ran out of all our written questions does anybody have any questions that i, I didn't ask vivico or antonio well, you were talking about the level that did talk about okay what kind of made you come up with that? Yeah. So it's um, the level editor. It's inspired by, so the, the whole, all the levels are built with voxels. So it's kind of it's kind of built like Minecraft. It, the, the world's made out of cubes. You can think about it. Yeah. Um, and I just thought about like all the crazy things the Minecraft community has made, and if I just built a level editor, in theory, I could have a whole community building these crazy levels that. You know, there's all these crazy systems in the game. There's the wall running system and all the crazy shooting mechanics. Um, so I think there, there's there's a chance that something really cool could happen if I let players make their own levels. Uh, so that's why I'm making the editor, and I, I hope I hope there's some crazy stuff that gets made. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah so good. The thing is that uh, when um, Kyle mentioned about the demo and all that stuff mention something that is very important and it's about the setup of the game because mm. sometimes what happens is you for example you you see a game and you see like as you think oh this game could be i really like it but can i play it and then you try to play it yeah and you for example find some friction in the beginning and yeah. then you go into the menu and uh there's there are players uh for example i will use myself as an example i can spend sometimes like one hour, two hours, setting up everything, like yes. the control, the right combination, you know. And yeah. you're afraid of buying the game, testing it, because if you uh, go over the two hours limit, you know, you lose the oh, the refund possibility. So that way, yeah. some people are afraid and they want the demo out, because that way they can. They're just setting for as long as they want. And once they find like the perfect setting, they're like, okay, this game works for me. I'm buying it. And I have no fear to have of losing the refund possibility. So that yeah. that would be a really cool feature to have. So have you considered that? How do you see the the two hours window uh, thing about the refund? Because I mean, refunds are great, but that yeah. two two hours uh, doesn't work well for people with disabilities sometimes. Yeah, you know, I hadn't even uh, considered how long it would 
Yeah, in theory, you might need more than two hours to figure out if the game's going to work for you. I haven't thought about that, and I will definitely pass that along when we're uh, meeting about the potential for demos, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think... Uh... The two, it, I don't know how Steam came up with the, the two hour, the two hour number for for refund. It, I don't know. They just pulled it out of their ass, or, or, or yeah. What? How do you? Yeah, it's a good point. So uh, that's one of the things that can, you know, depending on the game and how many mechanics and all that stuff, it can be really easy to set yeah. it up, or it can be really hard. And so I think um, those kinds of things can 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 help the yeah, demos. Yeah, because part. on Steam, there's like one button games. Of- Two button games, but then there's like really complicated games as well. So a two hour window doesn't really give you enough time to set set it all up. Because sometimes just changing a couple of settings is going to make all the difference. And if you don't know that the settings are there or you're afraid of going into the menus, you run out of time. Because some players tell me that, like, I want to try that game, but you know, I'm afraid of running out of time and that it's, it's something that you having I think Steam has a good fun policy but still the two hours limit that is like a standard in all stores like right now it's yeah. very um, it's not um, let's say helpful for the disability, disability community you know so in the, the, having the demos is always nice and having your game uh, participate in these events like the Steam Next Fest or whatever yeah. it's always a good way not just to promote your game but also to to um, improve it because yeah, you're going yeah. to get yeah. feedback yeah. from much more people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you see a big bump from like after the Steam Neck when it ended? Like the amount of people that yeah. like jumped in the Discord and like played. I don't know if you can see like how many people are playing the game and whatever, and like what they're getting, like how far they're yeah. getting past or whatever. Was that kind of interesting to see? And like as yeah. far as that part? It was so, I mean, I was super lucky and just, um, Several Seals, it was on the front page, I think, of the Next Fest. Um, so I can't, I'm not supposed to talk about specifics, but yeah, um, yeah, like, I mean, wishlist really, the, the chart was like, it was really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling very, very fortunate that Steam embraced Severed Steel. Um, and yeah, the Discord was, the Discord numbers blew up and this beta made him blow up more. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, and I think, but interesting point regarding the the two hour window. I guess a lot of devs probably probably do fear returns. Yeah. Um, but it, in yeah. a way, a, a demo means you can worry about that less because it's like, yeah, a customer, the kind of customer who might want to refund can make that decision through the demo. So you can have a little more faith in your sales because like they've already gone through the refund decision process with the demo so that is a really interesting point and uh i will definitely remember this yeah it's, i think it's a, it's a uh, and i don't know you know a demo is very small and i don't know people oh they'll play the demo then like oh, i don't want to play it like i don't know how many people would like play the demo be like okay i played service seal that's it you know the demo is what i played and like that's not really the game it's like that that's not the whole experience yeah, yeah. so um yeah. i'm sure there's there's pros and cons of like of having the demo or whatever um from a game development yeah. perspective and publishing perspective um yeah but it, though, so in theory like like that kind of person who would play it and then just think they're done with it mm-hmm. and they probably would have refunded like they probably they might have refunded the game 
True. Anyway, so it's like that person, you may never have gotten a transaction from them in the first place. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, any more questions we have? If not, Matt, you can ask us questions on how we play games. If you want more feedback on, I don't yeah. think so anything like as far as we, how we play games accessibility wise, we're kind of open as well. So if you want to do that, we got like probably like another 10, 15 minutes. If you want to, Absolutely. we can just have an open discussion about whatever you want to do. So, so I guess what's a, what are other first person shooters that you feel get accessibility, right? If there are any. Oof, that's well, a good question. I'd, I'd have to kind of say, I play a lot of console, like PS5 games or something. But what I found is The Last of Us 2 with the uh, slow motion aiming, that, that really changed the kind of first person shooter, shooter games for me, because I, I would love to see that feature in all shooter games. Because when it was slowed down time, I could aim really well, whereas when there's no slow, I can't really aim. Okay. I would yeah, say I, I, for me. Go ahead, Antonio. Sorry. No, no, go first. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna. I haven't played. I haven't had a chance to play lots of us because it's on console, so I don't know. I don't know how um, the the slow mo aiming, aiming works or like incorporated or whatever. Well, when you remember. click the L one button, it's those so it's that type that you can move the stick and shoot. Okay. 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 For for which game? Remember. Which game are you talking? About? Sorry to. Two. Yeah, the last of us too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. For me, it would be like, for example, um, I remember I was struggling playing uh, some shooters last year, and then one that really worked for me was Ghost Recon Breakpoint because if it's not, it's like you can play like third person mixed with first person. But what really worked for me was the fact that I could customize the controls very well. Yes. Yeah. I could take my time thinking how to approach the missions or for example if I wanted to do stealth so if I wanted to do sniping instead of you know running into the main base and yep. getting absolutely destroyed I could just snipe yep. the guys and use my brain and then use my yep. body in my own yeah. way and also the, the fact that I could use auto movement because I think I, I, wouldn't, I didn't have to hold down forward all the time or you know use my voice commands to to press the forward key all the time. The fact that yeah. you can just toggle one with one press, the auto movement on and off really worked nice. for me. Nice. And I could just focus on the shooting and nice. But that really worked for me a lot and I can customize um the sensitivity a lot because every weapon had like one is more heavy, you know, and it's more difficult to aim, like the sniper mm -hmm. rifles. So I had mm -hmm. to find like the right weapon. So I found that game to work well for me. I don't know that it didn't for other people, but for me, that game did really well. Yeah, yeah I love Rewapping is so important. Which, what, 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 what thing again? Rewapping, rewapping is so Remapping. important. Yeah, because yeah, for a lot of the like PS5 games, usually I, I use this thing where I have to write the different scripts. So if there's no toggle, I have to write that in. Myself, what do you write it on? Well, I've got this device called the Titan 2 that you plug in, plug into your computer and you can like uh, fiddle with kind of remapping buttons and all that, but sometimes that takes you like two hours depending on how difficult the game is. Whereas on PS5 a lot of the games like uh, 
Right, yeah, because they have rebuffing, so I didn't really have to. I didn't really have to spend time writing it myself, so I think. Yeah, rebuffing is very important. Huh, huh. What language are you writing the script in? Is it like. What code language? Vivek. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, C plus C. Okay. The, it's um I'm not exactly sure what the script is called, but I, I just I, I just know how to write. <laughs> You've got it down to your your to figure it out for yourself, that's good. Yeah. Um for me I guess uh I haven't really been playing a lot of first person shooters recently, but I like the fact that like uh if you've played the Watchdogs Legion with the auto aim um it has an auto aim built into where like it'll if you look at an enemy it'll snap target to your chest and mm, so like if yeah. you you get it within like a ratio around the outline it'll just like snap your cursor to to the person and i think that was cool but and i like to see more auto aim and and like actual like toggle like target lock yeah. to enemies target but yeah. i think there it's not like foolproof because what if an enemy's behind a yeah, shield or behind uh, uh environment yeah, yeah, yeah like a half wall or whatever then yeah you're end up shooting the wall because it only aims at like the chest so like and it's really hard for i guess you would have to like program the system to like yeah. if yeah. to read to know okay if an ai is behind half wall or crouching yeah. behind environment aim at the head uh -huh, or uh -huh. or whatever it would take a lot of coding in in the ai system in that in that sense but because I think, in, in a way that local system kind of fights uh, accessibility because mm. it's quite difficult to get the lock off your chest too yeah yeah it kind of locks you in yeah maybe yeah, it kind of takes over yeah yeah, yeah maybe could, you could they could quote something like if one is locked up on an enemy you can just do a like a slight press up and it goes straight to the head and now you are logged yeah. onto the head. Yeah, I tried, some game did that. I can't remember. I can picture it in my head doing that. I think Crackdown for the Xbox 360. That's an obscure game. <laughs> I think it'll let you do that. It'll let you choose. It'll let you kind of customize your lock on when you were in it. It worked well for that. I, I remember it being very snappy. So that could be a good solution. Yeah. Um, any other questions for us? Matt, while we got while you got us here, yeah. Well, I mean, just like I would love, um, just any when you get a chance to play, um, beta this current closed beta. If anyone else here needs a key, I'm happy to give you one. Um, I made some recent changes to movement, um, it's just it's a little bit faster. I, I think I released the patch yesterday morning, mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely like if anyone has a chance to try that. Uh, and I, I think even Monday, I might try to solve that um, that issue you were talking about earlier, where you can't fall through the glass. I think I think we have a pretty good idea for that. Yeah, for the um, we were talking we were talking for people that that. Oh yeah, yeah, for people just tuning in. Yeah, yeah people that didn't. Well, they were in. They weren't even in our pre-show. Oh, the, I'm just talking about. Okay. <laughs> the tutorial. Okay, there's you. a tutorial section. Matt is talking about where you have to fall through the glass. I'm correct. I haven't played it yet, and uh, Antonio played it. And so if you have the setting uh, where you don't fall off ledges, I believe, yeah. you won't fall down into the hole to progress through the tutorial. 
and it can be kind of hard to like progress past the tutorial if I'm getting that correct. Yeah, because you have to like do the perfect jump through the middle and the hole is like a bit, uh, a bit too uh, narrow. So you have to nail it and also disable that option to fall well or use the auto kick like I use, you know, just jump, use the down kick or dive and that propelled me through the hole. Mm -hmm. I think I got stuck in a wallet. That's yeah. that's a part of the of that's part of the beta, you know, it's to test this stuff and and discover yep. what works yep. and what doesn't. For yep. me personally, the, the option to stop at the again, the option to stop at the edges is very helpful. Nice. Because that's where nice. I don't fall all the time. Yeah. How's so the you... rest of the sorry. No, go. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um go ahead, how'd the how the rest of the campaign go? Were there any other kind of sticky situations like that? Uh in this beta, I don't remember. I got stuck there. In the previous oh. uh, demo, oh, okay. I okay. progressed about um, I died in the level where you have to destroy like a lot of towers in the same room with a lot of enemies. Yeah. And yeah, I got like probably almost all of them. I tried okay. 12 times, but there was uh -huh. only this guy that was like eluding me and ended up killing me because uh, there, there were too many guys, huh? and I wasn't able to keep track of all of them at the turrets. I always got forgot it. about the turrets. Got it, got it. It was really fun. All right. Yeah, I remember, I remember when that. I started like using the doors to, uh, you know, uh, like heal them faster because when you kick the door, it slams the guy in the face and they die faster. So yeah. I was waiting them to come close to me and kicking nice. them in the face with the door, and that yeah. way I could move faster to the other guy. That's really nice. Yeah, the doors are like stronger than bullets in that game. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's weird, but people like it. Um, all right, yeah. So yeah, I think. I mean, if you have if you have time, I would love to hear your thoughts once I can patch that little tutorial thing. I mean, I'm sure your schedule's busy, but I definitely uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I can do. Nice, thank you. Appreciate that. My my OBS froze, so I'm a little nervous. Oh no! I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're still alive. I don't know if anybody's watching right now. Are we still live? Can, I'll try to tune in. Yeah, I think uh, we are still live. I'm not gonna be able to change. We broke, we broke OBS, man. I, I see us. No, I see me. No, we're we're okay, all there. Cool. Okay, cool. I, it's not gonna be able to change the scenes. I have like these shout-out screens for when we for when we end, but we're not gonna be able to change those because everything is frozen. So I'm just when we end, I'm just gonna have to control to leader taskmaster the the right. window so uh i guess we can kind of we can kind of close um sure. since we're, we're getting close to an to an hour uh we haven't talked about like the future of like what's coming up for seven steel i know on the yeah. steam page it says q3 um what yep. how can like what's the future plans what's that what's the whole dealio with uh i think my 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 obs is unfrozen uh what's kind of the future for Severus steel and how's it gonna What's it look like in the coming months, Q3 kind of thing? Yeah, so the goal is like late summer, like maybe September-ish, uh, release the game uh, with a full campaign, arcade mode, and level editor with workshop support. Um, and then uh, we've been talking about maybe some sort of like post-launch post patches, maybe like new features, new weapons. We're, we're kind of exploring different ideas depending on what the feedback is. Um, and then, yeah, honestly, it, it just depends on how the community responds. Like, what does the community want? Um, how much more do people want? Mm -hmm. Do people want 
more severed steel do people want severed steel too it's um it's hard to predict yeah uh so i guess i'll react to whatever the whatever the community uh whatever the community does but yeah september-ish release with a level editor and a full campaign is is the is the concrete goal um is it what platforms i don't know if i remember seeing what all the platforms are going to be at release or at launch uh pc on that uh launch and then uh we're starting to work on console ports but no nothing concrete yet okay yeah that's a whole nother beast i'm sure it is it it is indeed (laughs) uh Uh, but it will be cool it'll be uh, it'll be very cool to see it on consoles so it's it's worth it i'm sure Vic will be happy because if he gets the console because that's that's his that's his domain. Oh, okay. out, of the, out, of the, out of the three of us, me and Antonio played yeah. mostly on PC. Good to know. Good I to played know. some games on PC, but I mostly don't play. I've got quite a fancy setup with wires. And, yeah, things plugged into the PlayStation. And... All right, good to know. I'll keep you posted on PS4, or yeah. PS5. Which are you? Are you on PS4? PS5, finally. Last, last time. Nice. Congrats. Yeah, we had a lot of on that. Last show, I didn't have one. So oh, so that's recent. Congrats. It's yeah. a hard, hard to get item. Yeah, we had a whole campaign to get him one, <laughs> and then he was finally able to get one uh, uh-huh. on his own. And then, uh, so yeah, he's been able to, been able to play, which has been it's nice. been good. I'm glad he got one. Or nice. I think he wanted one for so long. Yeah, um, so if you think he's happy, we are happy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, we can do shoutouts now. I think I can change the screen. So we'll start with Matt. Matt can do shoutouts. What's going on? What you got coming up as far as yourself in the game? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess shout out to everyone on my Discord giving feedback. Uh, like I said earlier, it's not always easy to think about feedback and to answer my questions about it. So I appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate my publisher, Digerati, for helping me make this all possible. Uh, and yeah, thanks to everyone on this on this podcast. This was fun. I uh, definitely, it's. I always like thinking about the game, talking about the game. Uh, and I'm looking forward to just like keep, please keep playing the game. Please DM me on Discord or Twitter. Uh, any thoughts you have, um, I'm available. So I appreciate any feedback you give me. Yep, I've got the storm, the not storm, the Steam page link. Yeah, nice. command. Uh, you can do exclamation SS for the command for the link. Or nice. if it's in the description of the podcast and the YouTube video. So make sure awesome. to go and, and wish list it. That'll help Matt in the you. game when, with the data for Steam and all that stuff. So that's how it works. Make Thank sure you. you definitely wish list the game. All right, Thank Vivek. You. Thank you. You're up next. Shout outs. What you got yeah, going on? Uh, I've actually been there and started doing my PlayStation. I was PS5. I was having problems with my setup, but now I've. I finally got my setup run up and running so I could get back to kind of checking out games, accessibility reviews. Yeah, so you can catch me on Uncanny Vivek on Twitter and, and YouTube. Awesome, very nice. nice. Antonio, you're up next. Okay, so um, you can catch me, uh, get me on, on Twitter at black1976. Or at game i one one y nexus for our reviews and stuff. We have decided like stop for a few months because we are trying to implement some features that I think is going to 
change out of how the, our audience can uh, experience the our reviews. And it's giving us like some slight technical issues, you know, when you start taking a stand on the web. But I hope that we can solve them in the next week or two, hopefully. I have to talk to the guy that is coding the stuff, but uh, hopefully I will start uh, putting our reviews again this week. And then uh, the other part, we have to wait. Just reach out to me for whatever you want, feedback or one thing, or just ask about accessibility. I'm open to anything. Awesome. Awesome. My, my turn. Uh, I want to mostly. I uh, want to give a special thanks to to Matt for agreeing to do this and Severed Steel sure. and uh, the publisher Digitari. I should have reached out to them first, but I'm glad that we got it all worked out. And I hope that we can do more of these like interviewing devs and, and maybe we'll re yeah. we'll we'll have Matt back on uh, when the sure. when the uh, when the game gets closer to release and and we nice. have a date. We could probably work something out or after shortly yes. after after we get all a chance to play it um yes. but yeah you can follow the podcast uh on all the podcast platforms as well as youtube.com backslash one hand mostly and we're live right now on twitch uh make sure to uh definitely wish list the game on steam thank you again thank like you. i've said because that'll help matt uh go and get all the data he needs for steam and, and hopefully have a good yeah. and successful launch um, but that'll do it for the show for today. We'll be back. We do this once a month, so next month will be August. Hopefully, with some game, more games to play. I think it's been kind of a a slower July and summer um, this year than than in past with new games coming out. But I think there's some at the end of the month that we'll get to play and see. But um, if not, we'll have someone else on, or it'll just be us talking about random stuff. Uh, nice. But hope to see you. Hope to see you next uh, next month. And until then, I'll see y'all later. Bye. 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 Bye.